Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. This week's dilemma, I want to have meaningful classroom discussions, but I'm struggling to find an approach that works. I can see that. There are lots of different ways to have classroom discussions, and it's really about finding what works, number one, for your content area, and number two, for your personality. Yes. Because different personalities deal with discussion in different ways. And I think the goal makes a difference too. There's some discussions where really the purpose is the discussion and having students lead it and having them develop their opinions. But sometimes you do need to get to a certain place with the discussion. And so some discussion strategies don't necessarily work for that. Yeah. Probably the first thing that you want to do is do some research. There are no shortage, as I said, (laughs) of different ways to have discussions. But like Stephanie said, think about what it is that you want to happen as a result of the discussion. What do you need to take place by the end of it in order for it to have been successful? And so when you're looking at the strategies, be considering what results are going to come about based on this discussion. Lots of very open-ended discussion strategies are not going to work if you have X, Y, and Z that need to be addressed before the end of the class period. And on the opposite side, a really structured discussion isn't going to give you this sort of like free flow Mm -hmm. exchange of ideas and showing sort of the process of thinking aloud as a group and that sort of thing. So be mindful of what it is that you want to accomplish. When you do find something that works for you, stick with it, develop it, make it your thing, and don't feel obligated to use other strategies just because they're popular. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'll go to PD and we'll have some meeting where they tell us to use X strategy because it's proven to work with Mm -hmm. students and that's great and maybe it does, but if you've found something that is producing the results that you want in your classroom great. That's yours. And you don't need to feel like you have to change it just because something else exists. That student has five or six other places where they can experience that discussion. We went through various sort of like iterations Mm -hmm. of how we structured class discussion. And there were some issues Mm -hmm. that we wanted to address with the way we were initially running class discussions. And so just so you can sort of see where we were coming from Mm. when we share our strategy, it makes sense. (laughs) So what we wanted to happen was we wanted students to share their opinions, but we also had content that we needed to make sure was covered and that students knew the prevailing interpretation or what we considered appropriate because students often have a tendency, especially in English, to have lots of different interpretations. And sometimes you as a teacher, you want to be polite and value their interpretations, but some of those interpretations are more plausible than others. And so you need to have a favored interpretation. 
Yeah. We also wanted to make sure that all students participate. There are so many lurkers, I think, who managed <laughs> to just sort of sit through the discussion without mm-hmm. participating. But it's also frustrating then on the flip side when you have three students and yourself having a conversation. Yeah. And so we wanted to find ways to hold everyone accountable for participating. And yes, let the people who are well prepared and have lots of opinions share, but also not dominate? And how do we find that balance? Mm -hmm. We also wanted to make sure that we were having a productive discussion, that it wasn't just the three students who (laughs) were willing to share their ideas and a chorus of, I agree with so-and-so, I agree with so-and-so, or re-saying what so-and-so said Uh in slightly different words. (laughs) We didn't want that either. (laughs) No no free rides in here. (laughs) And this kind of goes with what I said before, but we wanted to make sure all students had something to say. So yes, that includes shy students, but also students who struggled with the content and sort of students who may not have completed the assignment. Not that we want to cater to them, but we don't want to create a situation where it's not, oh, people just don't want to participate, but there are people in the room who can't participate. And how do we address that as well? So here was the strategy we came up with that worked for us to deal with some of those issues. The first thing that we did was we created presentations that led the class through a structured discussion. We made sure that what was projected (laughs) was information that was accurate, that was what we wanted students to have. But we would first ask them a question and allow multiple voices to Mm -hmm. contribute. And then when we put up that projected image of what we really wanted them to take away from the discussion, it was either reiterating what had already been said in the group or showing students, okay, we can appreciate everything that everyone has said, but maybe we're going to land on this. Yeah, (laughs) And that's not a true discussion because we're forcing you to go in a particular direction. But when you're making exams and you're (laughs) making assignments based on certain pieces of information, you have to sort of manipulate the discussion in order to get that to happen. Otherwise, the discussion is just for discussion's sake and you can't use it for anything else. And we wanted to be able to use it. And I I would always try to look at it ahead of time so that I could try to elicit those answers Mm -hmm. as part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. So then it feels like the free-flowing discussion where, oh yeah, we did all work that out together. Sometimes that just doesn't happen. and But if that's a concern of feeling like, oh, I'm just telling them this is the answer, I would always try, oh, okay, yeah, that's an interesting point. Can you build on that? I know where I wanted them to land so it didn't feel like I was just telling them what they mm-hmm. should have said afterward. Yeah. The way Although we sometimes that does. Happen. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> I would also have to say these notes are for me, not you. You should have been mm-hmm. making notes all along. But to address the who's participating issue, we would randomly call on two to three students. Kate was always better than I was at calling on four to five. Sometimes I got bored and wanted to just, there's two people with their (laughs) hands up and I want to know what they have to say. But we would try to randomly call on two to three. So that way 
no one's hiding, right? Everyone's having to participate. But before we called on them, we would give them a minute or two to discuss with their seatmates. And so that way, everyone could have something to say. Even mm-hmm. if they weren't sure what the answer was, they could say, I thought it was really interesting when so-and-so said, yeah. or they could say, we're not sure, but we think, and then yeah. it's a little less intimidating. Yeah that way. And then after that point, we would open it up to anyone who wanted to contribute, though we keep an eye on the clock and not just let it run rampant for days. But we would try to do that balance of, yes, we do want to invite people who want to participate, but we are going to hold you accountable for participating. Yeah. As Stephanie said, I was always more of the forcing people to participate. So two people I called on randomly and I just had a spinner Uh wheel on my iPad that I used. Two people always had Mm -hmm. to respond. And then I would open it up to two more people could respond. And then everybody else put a pin in it. (laughs) We'll come back to it. Whenever I would remember that she does it that way and start to feel guilty, I'd be like, okay, everyone, do I have any volunteers? Remember, you got to have five points this week. (laughs) But when I had shy students, I would be like, okay, remember, the earlier you raise your hand, the more likely you are to be able to be correct when you Mm -hmm. give your answer and not have the same as other people. They'd be like, oh, that's true. Yeah. Because if you're going to say the same thing as somebody else, doesn't count. You got to say it first. (laughs) And then we had a class participation system, which I believe we have another YouTube video about, that we did require a minimum number of contributions over a certain amount of time. Students who just were repeating what the person before them said didn't get the point. Or sometimes if it was becoming a problem, lost a point, where if it was just consistently like one student or the class as a whole, and we'd really been talking about it. It's, I told you not to do that. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. And then modeling how to respond when you're not sure what to say or add to a conversation. And I think at the beginning of the school year, you do that with the whole class. And then ideally, (laughs) as the year (laughs) progresses, you're needing to do that less and less so that students are able to generate Mm -hmm. more on their own. And I think that is one of the benefits of having them do, we had them in threes or fours, Mm -hmm. but it was basically like a pair share, (laughs) a quad share, (laughs) a trio share, because then there could be a little bit more to say. And I tried to, if they didn't know what to say, or they were like, oh, I have the same thing to say as the person who went before me, okay, well, I'll come back to you first for the next one. If I knew from having walked around that they didn't say what the previous group (laughs) said, (laughs) like, what did you talk about in your group? Let us in on your conversation. What was it that you guys had to say about this to sort of elicit? Yeah information that way. And that's a good strategy too, to walk around while they're having the pair shares, because as you're trying to guide the discussion in a specific direction, Mm -hmm. you've got an idea in your head of, oh, that person has an interesting point or, oh, that has the right answer. So if we're not getting it, I'm going to go over there. And it's helpful to stack your deck sometimes. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It's tempting to be like, I'm going to sit down and do a couple minutes of work while you do this. But if, especially at the beginning of something, you do a little circulating, that can be helpful. What you want to avoid is the group that calls you over to basically give them names. Oh no, (laughs) I'm just here to listen right now. I'm not here to share information. And as with anything, this evolves with technology. It 
will. That's just the nature of it. It did for us. As I'm sure you've heard before, thanks to the pandemic, we had to figure out how to do this model online. We tried doing it just in a large Zoom meeting and it was not the most successful experience of our life. And so we figured out how to run this in a productive way on discussion boards. We also tried things. I know Padlet is a really popular one. We didn't actually end up using it so much for discussion as we had students post presentations there and then view each other's presentations and comment on them. I know there are plenty of teachers who have found ways to have discussions on there, but I think that there are a lot of options now to move those discussions more digital, but I would encourage you if that's what you're doing to still evolve your system and have some procedures in place because you want to always have in mind getting the end result you want instead of being like, well, this is where Padlet took me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We hope something that we said resonated with you, that you have something you can put to work in your classroom, a way that you can try discussion or modify discussion. As always, if you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you haven't heard enough yet, as Stephanie (laughs) said, we have a blog post related to class discussions. And if you have any questions, if you want to know more about what we did in our classrooms, be sure to drop us a line. If you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.